you know what I got right next to my bed? Is the Train Robbers or Story of the James Boys by R.W. Stevens. I mean, many's the night I stayed up, my eyes open, my mouth open, just reading about your escapades in the Wide Awake Library. They're all lies, you know. Of course they are. That was a clip from 2007's The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, in which Bob is describing Jesse's legend, with Jesse then destroying it. Legends of Outlaws are similarly explored and destroyed in this week's film, True History of the Kelly Gang. My name is Lawrence. And I'm Sam. And you're listening to Cellcast. A fiery horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver. The Lone Ranger. Hayo Silver! So this week, we watch True History of the Kelly Gang, and Sam's going to tell us the plot. Ned Kelly is born into poverty in the 19th century to an Irish family who emigrated to Australia. After his father dies, Ned slowly descends into a life of crime. Upon returning from prison, he rebels against the ruling English and forms a gang to protect and fight the authorities through any means necessary. Or, in a haiku, Aussie outlaw, ledge, identities collide, truth? No, not Croc Dundee. I also really wanted to. I wanted to work Red Ned Redemption in there somewhere. Yeah, that would have been much better. <laughs> that would have been better than Haiku. Okay, well, I'll just I'll, I'll just say that I'll replace. I, I'll re- I I thought the Croc Dundee line worked because I felt the two first two lines sort of describe Croc Dundee and describe True History of the Kelly Gang. Mm. But maybe that that lovely nod to Red Dead Redemption's a bit better. And here's a clip. You're not the man you pretend to be. You're a boy. Looking for a captain to tell him what to do. You're a son of Steve. We're rebels. Warriors. And you all wear dresses. Nothing scares a man like crazy. You boys want to build an army? You're bloody bulletproof, boys! This has been one of the films that I've been most looking forward to this year. I was really, really excited by its punky, aesthetic, and imaginative cinematography. And the cast as well? Or is it just based on how it's looked? No, the cast as well. Like George Mackay is like is about to be a, obviously a really hot thing from 1917. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're He's a handsome man. But I meant hot as in, you know up and coming you mm. know but you know he's a handsome man too mm. people like uh, Russell Crowe is really reliable Charlie Hunnam less so <laughs> but but Charlie Hunnam I know Charlie Hunnam often lets you down I'm holding out hope that one day he's gonna pull something really really good out of his bag I do think Lost City of Zed which we won't go into now is pretty good as well upstage by Robert Pattinson but uh, yeah I actually I agree I think the last couple of films I've seen Charlie Hummer in, like, he's been a lot better. So, um, yeah, there's definitely potential there. I, I think he does get a lot of shit, but I think one day he'll do something good. Mm. Anyway, was... in this film, he plays um, a constable in the early early years of Ned Kelly. Um, yeah, he plays Sergeant O'Neill, who, um, yeah, has quite a uh, important... Yeah. He's, he's one of the provocative people yeah. in, in Ned's life. Uh, I mean, Ned Kelly is this, like, Robin Hood figure in Australian history Mm. Uh, and they've done um movie adaptations of him before i think it's 
always interesting to go back and look at folk heroes and do a kind of revisionist thing on them. I think that's really important and I think that's really good, really interesting. For the most part, I don't think I was too let down. I do think there's mixed elements. I think some of it's really, really good and I think I'll start there. So one of the things that came out most, most in this is how they're playing with gender. I've noticed as well with our podcast... We talk about gender a lot. The, the first three reviews we have done have all featured gender in some great way. This is not an intentional thing, but for, but for some reason, just the films we pick seem to be playing with this a lot. But it's interesting. Yeah, maybe it's a modern movie trend. Maybe it is. Maybe gender's a bit vogue at the moment. It's interesting, this one, because it's a bit different, because the, the first two films we reviewed were all about women and femininity, but this is obviously just about masculinity. But but I suppose playing with the idea of, of masculinity, there's a lot made of, of being a man in this. Like he's raised in circumstances where the father is there to provide and a man needs to provide. And that's the definition of a man. And yet there's this constant things of, of transvesticism and, and wearing dresses. At first it becomes a bit of a symbol for Ned of the failures of his father, but then he kind of adopts it. And, and embraces so- it because he uses it as part of the, the gang. I think um, when he returns from prison, his younger brother has imitated the way that his dad used to do, which was wear dresses and, yeah, the, this interest in transvesticism, as you've as you've said. So um, And it- then, yeah, that becomes a big part of the gang um, later in the film. It's interesting because I think being a, an outlaw is such a traditional kind of masculine thing and is is f- full of like testosterone and ego and and stuff but the, the but in this they're doing this thing that isn't associated with strength and masculinity but turning it on its head and turning it into a, like a fearsome thing and it's interesting to see that but then the, the whole film is also about identity in a, in a lot of different ways like it's it, the, the clues in the, the title about the history and everything and it's it's also it's how someone's history is formed which is quite interesting and the people that form it and the people that form it and is your own f- family history is your blood both the immediate people around you and where you've come from and your history does that affect who you are is that something you take with you because he's also really determined to write his own history and he's determined quite literally quite literally yeah where he's, he's kind of there's this narration throughout of his own kind of diaries that he that, that he's writing um about his struggles with this and it's really interesting as well because i think he's obviously learned to write himself because you never see him when he's growing up ever learning english or reading or writing that's not something that his family because he grows up in complete poverty that's not something that his family um that his family do. He never, he never goes to school. So when he goes away and he goes to prison, and he sort of ha- there's this period of film that you don't see. It's only when he comes back to his family that he's obviously done done that somewhere, and he's obviously a, he's obviously a very intelligent, deep thinking man. He's he's a man in conflict with a lot of different parts of himself as well, and I liked that. I liked that idea of a person being full of hypocrisies and dichotomies. The fact that he is kind of really intelligent and existential but at the same time also has these really old kind of blood feuds and things that he 
hates and symbols of authority and the English that he sort of despises and has this kind of blood enemy and then this 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 need to have an identity this need to to have some kind of history both for him himself in that moment and also to craft one himself for the future and for future generations as well there's a lot to it you know there's so much there's so much meat uh, to, to kind of pick apart in this I, I really like that in a film even though I do think overall it's a bit of a mixed bag I, I can definitely see myself coming back to this film and watching it again and finding new things in it that are interesting I found as well the s- sexuality really interesting because I read Ned as as gay uh, that's what I took out of the film I felt like he seems to have much more intimate relationships with men than with women apart from his mother but that's a strictly like family bond and like he's closest with this this mate of his quote unquote joe which is very ambiguous because they're very like tactile and they're very close and and intimate with one another in the way that ned isn't with women when he does have contact with his who's ostensibly supposed to be his 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 girlfriend or his 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 partner you know when they have sex it's it's off screen so you're not really sure how it went but building up to that he's just all very tense and very nervous and doesn't really seem into it at all and then just after that he goes to talk to nicholas holt who he's seems to he seems to look at with much more desire than he does with with any women and he seems much more interested in him I wonder if that's got something to do with the mother as well, because there's this whole Oedipus thing going on with his his mother, really. Yeah, and then, you just yeah, do is. wonder if that's the true, you know, love of his life, really, in terms of... Because I think there's this... I mean, there is this kind of like, this horrible, destructive relationship between the two of them, because at one point he... And I sort of don't want to sort of ruin the plot anyway, but at one point he goes away, and then he sort of finds out that's down to his mother voluntarily giving him away. Um and that's actually quite a dark moment. And there's also sort of a, a period where one character explains about a dog and about how the um, the thing that the thing that you make a dog to love them is that you treat it really, really badly. And in those true in those moments that you do show them love, that's when they'll keep going back because they'll they'll want those those brief moments about when they get that adoration that they're seeking. And I do wonder whether that was a comment on the relationship between between him and his mum. So, and she it was weird because it was, you know, she rejected real opportunities for him early on when he's a kid. They say, you know, she says she she stops an opportunity for him to go away and be educated because she says no, he needs to be close to the family. She sees it as that would take away part of his identity by going and getting an education. But she's perfectly fine with him hanging out with murderers and, and outlaws, ultimately. It's a, it's a weird hypocrisy. And yet, I did also feel that she genuinely cared for him and genuinely wanted the best for him. Ultimately, she wasn't filling his head with good ideas. But again, that was part of his identity. That's part of who he is. So he sees himself very much linked to his mother and his family. And They're definitely on this journey together, and by the end of the film, they end up in the same place, really. They do. Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting ideas. That's also slightly its downfall, though, because I really felt that there were so many plates spinning that it didn't always feel very cohesive. In fact, I think you'll get more out of... I mean, like, just, just in the... Because we just saw it tonight. 
in just thinking about it and writing down some ideas there were lots of stuff that came out of it that didn't happen when i was when i was actually sitting there in the cinema which isn't necessarily a problem but it just meant that the experience of watching it some somehow didn't like i say didn't always feel as cohesive as it could have been there's also kind of sequences and scenes that felt redundant it's not always boring but it just feels like it is slightly going off on a tangent and actually although it's good stuff it doesn't tie in with any of the themes of the film that made it interesting and it wasn't really doing anything interesting with the look of the film either it just sort of was carrying on the the story of them as outlaws or sometimes it did sort of slightly lapse into feeling like yeah i've kind of i've been to these places before and i can see that this is important in building up this character but nonetheless i'd rather be seeing something that shined with originality which are the best bits of this film and it it was a bit inconsistent with those bits yeah it's really overwhelming and i think it's so dark all the way through i know that's sort of like a bit of a generalized term and i mean that quite sort of literally and figuratively because like so much of it like feels shot in shadow or it's within blackness when you when you're in a film with that intensity i think you, you need moments of levity in a way which we, you know we don't get but that's the subject matter really you know it's about a criminal in the 19th century it's yeah. always going to be pretty pretty dark and and depressing it's very it's very bleak both in subject matter and the way that it looks but it looks amazing justin kurzel is the uh, director the other things i've seen that he's done are macbeth and assassin's creed less said about assassin's creed <laughs> the better mm. i think where i think it feels like he was definitely just doing that to probably get his foot in the door that I, I could do a whole episode on what the fuck went wrong with assassin's creed but the the other thing i've seen of his is macbeth i'd definitely like to see some of his other films now macbeth is great an absolutely brilliant shakespeare adaptation this film definitely continues that thing that i think kurzel does really well which is designing imagery of nature and the natural that is very primal very cold very unhospitable and very bleak and but yet somehow kind of beautiful Beautiful, yeah i was just i was literally just thinking that yeah yeah that is really interesting it's 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 wonderful to watch him shoot this and he does also have that like a maverick edge as well to it i definitely got that punky side of a lot of this where it wanted to be provocative and it had a kind of nihilism in it or it had it it wasn't nihilistic but it was playing with I think punky ideas that maybe. Oh yeah, fighting the establishment is like a massive. I mean, all yeah. the way through the film, the you know, it's sort of the English ruling elite are, are the the evil in this film, and uh, that's who Ned Kelly. That's you know, he's he's all his life he's had this like oppression by them, and um, this and is this fuels his anger and his 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 frustration. The animosity to them is almost yeah. in his blood. It's a natural thing. I... The other thing I just wanted to say on Justin Kurzel is that actually, like, the other feature-length film he did is Snowtown. And I haven't seen Snowtown, but I know a little bit about the story. And manipulation by older men towards younger men is actually a big part of what happened, the events within that film. And actually, I think that's, like, a big... That's a big part of this film as well, actually, because quite early on, Ned Kelly becomes very close to Harry Power, 
who's like a local criminal. This is after his dad's died, and he's the one that sort of sets him in the direction of this person who breaks the law and um, takes it to the English rather than, you know, letting them manipulate them in a way. Again, with that dichotomy as well, though, he is somebody that wants to make his own history, yet he's constantly seeking a father figure, anyone that can teach him anything, even to the point that it hurts him. And um, again, without giving anything away, there are moments in the film where I think he's seeking another teacher and it really hinders him and sets him on his, his doomed path. The, the idea of history and the legacy of an outlaw is in this as well. You know, the, the title is clearly meant to be slightly ironic. And I think you're supposed to come out of it saying that a person's history is something that they write themselves, but they can't write themselves. And actually, for someone like Ned Kelly, there is no real truth because we'll never really know who he was. And the film opens with something along the lines of nothing that happens within this story is true. Yeah, and it there's also I can't remember exactly what it says. There is there's something inscribed on one of his hideouts. There is no past here. It's not even past. And there's again there's that it's a slightly punky thing of that actually like everything is false, but also a kind of thing of I think it also establishes this idea of we don't really know what exactly what this this person is and that history you're telling the history of someone can be very difficult and and nearly impossible but in the end i think that's that's just part of the the film plays of a lot of the dichotomies of the human experience again you know it's a person that wants to write his own history but he has no real history it's a film that says be careful of what you believe about a person but the whole film is positing a very challenging idea of a man whose sexuality and gender are really in 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 question so it's provocative in that way yeah i completely agree i think what i take away from it is that there's this idea that there's this a legend formed around ned kelly and probably other sort of figure like historical figures and with that comes falsehoods some to glorify him and others to demonize him and it's a film that does neither of those things completely demonize him or completely lionize him but just presents this idea that it's almost impossible to do either yeah the film overall i guess i'm a little disappointed by it because of its lack of cohesiveness did lose momentum at certain points there are really good bits in it particularly like the ending is really gripping and harrowing and amazing to watch really ambitious but there are lots of bits where it it just kind of dips either into something that maybe doesn't feel as original as the rest of it or something that feels like it's going off on a tangent and then you feel like it's not putting its attention in its right place. But it is, I think there is just so much there to love. There's so much meat, so much stuff to pick apart, so many different elements to it that are so challenging and provocative and punky and interesting that it's, I think for most people, I think I think almost everyone will find something worth sinking their teeth into here. And I'd really recommend that they'd see it. Yeah, I really liked it. I think it's a really highly unusual and a very subversive biopic. I don't think I'll see another film like it this year at the cinema. I think, yeah, the, the way it looks in terms of the cinematography, they've really tried to make it bold and leave a, re- like a real impression on you. And uh, 
yeah, as you said, I think there's lots of ideas. Some work, some some are more prevalent than others. But um, overall, I think it's a really ambitious piece of work that um, is, is definitely worth seeing. There is not a man born who could have the patience to suffer the injustice I have. So as you read this history, know that it will contain no single lie. May I burn in hell if I speak false. Now, if you like this, oh, how easy it would be for me to pick the proposition, as it is one of my favourite films, and also a great Australian western with trippy visuals and a twisted family dynamic, but that's way too easy. So instead, I'm going to pick 2001's Quills. Quills are the story of a real historic figure, the Marquis de Sade, sexual deviant and pornographic writer in post-revolutionary France, imprisoned for his perversions in, in an asylum overseen by the progressive priest, the Abbe de Colmier, played by Joaquin Phoenix. Dessard is sneaking out his popular but illegal erotic novels with the help of Maid, Maddie, played by Kate Winslet, when his libertine philosophy challenges all of their lives, the asylum and France, as they all hurtle towards a violent conclusion. It's not even a proper novel. It's nothing but an encyclopedia of perversions. Frankly, it even fails as an exercise in craft. Characters are wooden, the dialogue is inane, not to mention the endless repetition of words like nipple in pike staff. There I was taxed, it's true. And such puny scope. Nothing but the very worst in man's nature. I write of the great eternal truths that bind together all mankind, the whole world over. We eat, we shit, we fuck, we kill and we die. But we also fall in love. We build cities, we compose symphonies, and we endure. Why not put that in your books as well? It's a fiction, not a moral treatise. But isn't that the duty of art? To elevate us above the beast? I'd have thought that was your duty, Abbe. Not mine. I could have recommended the proposition, but Quills and True History of the Kelly Gang share something that the proposition doesn't have. An obsession with the written word and the importance of it. In The Kelly Gang, it's about writing your own history, but in Quills, it's a compulsion. A need to express not just sexuality, but also to be a creative, to challenge and provoke. Like Ned's compulsion to fight, Dessard's compulsion is to be a writer, but both are rebels. They're also both heavily fictionalised histories of, of someone many would see as a freedom fighter, though Dessard was fighting for the freedom to get his rocks off how he liked, rather than Ned Kelly's fight with the British. So both come with their own issues on how to represent a complicated historical figure who is hero to some and villain to others. Both films also share some of the same clever lyrical imagery. It also plays a lot, as you might expect, with sex and sexuality, but not always has, you'd think, love triangles flow in all different directions. It's not just a simple story about how freedom great, censorship bad. It's more interesting than that, and pinned down by a magnificent central performance by Geoffrey Rush, who is the perfect mix of a bawdy cabaret showman and intellectual philosopher. Also worth watching is a great early supporting role by Joaquin Phoenix in light of his recent Oscar win. Quills is a lavish, sordid and intelligent dive into the ideas of liberty, counterculture and expression. It might not be stylized like the Kelly Gang is, but if you like the questions that it asked about history, freedom and sex, trading your revolvers for silk restraints, but keep the dresses. And if you didn't like it, I'd recommend Butch Casting the Sundance Kid. 
Butch, played by Paul Newman, and Sundance, played by Robert Redford, are two light-hearted robbers in the Wild West who are forever on the run, but the walls of the law and the end of their way of life is creeping increasingly towards them, and they're running out of luck and moves as every day goes past. Kid, the next time I say let's go someplace like Bolivia, let's go someplace like Bolivia. Next time. Ready? No, we'll jump. Like hell we will. No, it'll be okay. If the water's deep enough, we don't get squished to death. They'll never follow us. How do you know? Would you make a jump like that and you didn't have to? I have to, and I'm not gonna. Well, we got to, otherwise we're dead. They're just gonna have to go back down the same way they come. Come on. Just one clear shot, that's all I come want. Come on. Uh-uh. We got to. Nope. Get away from me. Why? I want to fight them. They'll kill us. Maybe. You want to die? Do you? All right. I'll jump first. Nope. Then you jump first. No, I said. What's the matter with you? I can't swim. <laughs> Why, are you crazy? The fall will probably kill you. Just because I like Kelly Gang, don't see this as me throwing some shade at Butch and Sundance. That means being subtly insulting, Mum. I think it should be reclaimed as one of the most brilliant and dynamic of the classic westerns. I'm recommending it because maybe the bleakness, the trippiness, or the grit and grime left an unpleasant taste in your mouth, and this is a great antidote to that, that also fits broadly speaking in the same genre. There's a bit of melancholy in Butch and Sundance, but never a bleakness. It's also based on some real historical outlaws, but heavily fictionalised, rebellions in their blood just like Nate Kelly, but it's more mischievous. More hustlers and con men rather than cold-blooded killers or harbouring a dark grudge. There's no playing with gender or sex, not in my reading of it anyway, but it does have a bohemian edge to it. Butch and Sundance's love for the same woman is blurring the lines between who's with who and maybe encapsulates parts of the sexual revolution that was happening at the time this was released in 1969. But of course there is a love story between two men in it, it's just a platonic one. It's one of the best male friendships ever committed to the screen. This is communicated by Redford and Newman's unstoppable charisma and charm throughout. The script is by William Goldman and is just an endless reservoir of witty and clever character building. It's a classic that begs to be rediscovered, one of these wonderful examples of something that never shows its age. It's a story about men and masculinity, but there's nothing toxic in it, just a great friendship and a great film. Thank you so much for listening to Cellcast. You can find and subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud at Cellcast. And come follow us on Twitter at Cell Magazine and like us on Facebook.com forward slash Cell Magazine.